Hi, you're listening to the Modern Club Management Podcast with me, your host, Ed Chapman. This podcast takes the lived experiences and knowledge of some of the leading figures and thinkers from the world of club management and beyond, all so that they can become your teacher and elevate your performance. Whether you're looking to start a career in club management, are a seasoned club manager at a world-leading club, or work elsewhere within this wonderful industry, there will be powerful messages and key takeaways that can help you in your career or personal life. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hi, and welcome to the Modern Club Management Podcast with me, your host, Ed Chapman. Today, I'm really excited to welcome back Greg Patterson to the show. Greg, how are you? Couldn't be better, Ed. I'm happy man here in Southern California, God's country. <laughs> ah, brilliant. Well, I think this is the biggest time difference I've had between uh, guest and host as I'm in New Zealand. Well, today we're going to talk about Rude. So you wrote a great article a few years back, Greg, on this. What prompted you to touch on this subject? Well, it's interesting, Ed. Anybody in hospitality is going to encounter rude. I mean, it's just going to happen. Now, there are obvious rude where a person just being a complete turkey and is loud and obnoxious. That's rude. Easy to deal with uh, because normally you have an authority figure that will jump in and say that's inappropriate. You're going to come before the discipline committee. But the rude that hurts, my experience has been, are the subtle little rude experiences that we have that can build up and, 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 and grow within you such that it destroys your day and your week, whatever it might be. This article was actually prompted by a very subtle, rude incident. I was talking to a group of people, and uh, it was a small group, like 12 people, and one of the person, uh, one of the people there was giving me that resting bad boy face. Mm. Now, that's a subtle rude, because being neutral is not rude, and he was subtly rude. Now, whether he's happy or unhappy, I don't know. Another person in that group was texting on their cell phone. You know, they had their cell phone, and they were sitting. They had it beneath the table. Yes, yes, they're working there. And you see them glancing down at it continually. Those are subtle, rude experiences. And you know, because I had a lot of experience in it, you know, it's something I can talk about with the team. And that helps them because they're going to experience that as well. So I was prompted to write the article uh, because uh, we're all going to encounter rude. Uh, you know, whether you're in the golf business, or the food and beverage business, the front office business, we're all going to encounter rude. And we've got to understand why people are rude. We've got to understand the types of rudeness that we will encounter. We as leaders, managers, have to prepare our team for that. And we have to help them what I call, Ed, leather up. So after you know, talking about this, because I, I, one of my debrief experiences each day, we ask about your story of the day. Most of the time, those stories of the day were about rude behavior. And we all laugh about it and call the guy a jerk or a worthless cow or whatever it might be to purge the demons. And that inspired me to write because I, I, I don't remember reading anything by anybody about rudeness. And it's one of the fundamental issues that hospitality people encounter. So anyway, that's what prompted me to write the article. And it helps clarify my thinking. So obviously I use it then to educate staff thereafter. Anyway, Ed, long story, that's how it came about. Ah, oh, brilliant. Well, you mentioned there about subtle rude. So there's a, from reading your article, there's a few different types of rude. 
let's start there with categorizing them. Oh, there, there are all sorts of uh, small gestures, the subtle roots. You know, they give you the look. Have you ever walked into a situation and you see them do the up and down look? <laughs> and, uh, you know, maybe it's a golfer. And maybe you're a flamboyant golfer with green pants and you want them to look. But maybe you're a guy like me that just, I mean, I don't put a fortune into my trousers. But if you walk into a very expensive golf club, they give you the look, right? And, and a look is accompanied by a facial look. You know, they don't read mm -hmm. the signals. And they're obviously telling you, well, you aren't quite right for here, Ed, but we'll let you here because you're the unwashed and we'll let you in today. You know, that's one type of rude you're dealing with. Uh, rudeness is being curt when they're talking to you. It's like they're putting an order in, bah, 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 bah. It's a tone of voice, a type of behavior. Uh, rudeness is not really listening to what you are saying, and they just keep talking on. I mean, there are hundreds of types of rude out there. And one of the interesting things, and what I tried to do in my article, is actually list some of those rude things. I mean, I could read some off to you, but, I mean, the fact is we don't need to. No. One of the most interesting things about rude that I would encourage anybody who's watching this podcast or listening to it is sit down with your team and simply have a discussion at the end of each day. Did anybody experience rudeness today? And they say, oh, yes, you know, they, uh, they uh, didn't like the way the golf balls were organized in the pro shop. And they said it in a way that denigrated. Rudeness is about denigration. Mm. Another rudeness is the sarcastically rude. You know, they think they're being funny. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Ed, I love your ears. They're big and floppy. The problem is sarcasm and the rudeness that's implied makes the person that you're talking about feel awful. Another type of rudeness is when you have a group of people who are, and men, well, I guess women could be the same way. I can speak for men. You put one man in a room, and the, the amount of rudeness is minimal. You put one man with five other men, and the rudeness factor goes up. Now, I'm sure some of you out there who are listening uh, walk into the, uh, the grill room, you know, and you have uh, a foursome of golfers who have joined another, so you got an eightsome at the big table, right in their order, and they see you come over. And men like to be rude to men to prove that they're men. So they're nasty smokes. So you come over and say, gentlemen, did you have a great round today? Oh, you know, well, I watched you play the other day. You know, they say things that denigrate you, and that rudeness is done so that their group of people will say, you're one of us, how wonderful, right? It, and another type of rudeness is when somebody is rude and nobody in the group that's with them says, you know, hold on, dude, that's wrong, right? So then it goes from individual rude to the group has endorsed that rude behavior, and that's a problem. And, you know, but there's rudeness in the way they answer the phone. Uh, you know, the, the, again, it's a tone of voice. Tone of voice can be rude. As much as what's said, I can say, hello, Ed. How's it going today, Ed? Hello, Ed. How's it going? Right, you know, they can be rude in the intonation. They can be rude with their body language. Yes, yes. Like, all of a sudden, Ed, Ed you, you make a comment now, and I say, yeah. you know, and mm. it obvi it's obvious that you're discounting what they said. Or uh, when you are an authority, say, on uh, the, the wine that's being served, and they're intentionally rude to prove to their 
girlfriend usually oh my phone just went off here I gotta get rid of that just That's a second okay. there we go uh, they've got uh, here's a 60 year old guy with a 20 year old girlfriend right and he wants to prove that he's the man yeah so he's gonna try to dramatize the the the, 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 the his knowledge of wine or his rudeness will be an effort to prove that he or she is above the person they're talking to in order to influence the person they're with. Oh, see how tough I am. Sometimes, you know, people are rude in a crowd because they are nothing people, right? They have no distinguishing characteristics. So they think being negative will draw attention to them and they'll get accolades for being cleverly negative. And those are the people that just, they're, they're, they're small people. So they can't, mm -hmm. on their own, through their conversation, their look, or whatever, establish themselves. So there are all sorts of rude situations. And again, in my article, and I'd recommend that everybody read it, because it goes through all sorts of different scenarios. You know, it's like, I mean, I, I, I just give you an example here of one. Uh, those rules are the, for the little people and not for me. I'm mm -hmm. sure uh, there are people who are very affluent that come and visit your club, and uh, you say, well, we only do foursomes. We do not do fivesomes on the course. They say, well, hold it, come on. Do you know who I am, right? It's like, huh? These are the rules. So they perceive that the rules are for somebody else and not for them. Very difficult to deal with these people. Again, I could go through each of these scenarios, not but the fun thing yeah. is, mm -hmm. Ed, when you come up with these scenarios, the minute you let others know about it, they say, yes, I've experienced those people. It makes you feel better. You are mm. not alone. When somebody is rude to you, think it's only me. It poor me, poor me. I am a victim. Dude, that's the human condition. And you need the support of other people. Anyway, really I, I could go. Each no. of those scenarios is fun. They are. Really interesting there. One thing I want to pick back on. You mentioned about if there's often there's not that person in the group who calls out the rude behavior of their peer. Oftentimes. Yeah, but you do see that occasionally then. Right. You've experienced that. Where they don't call them out? No, where, they, where someone in the group does. Very rare. Mm. Most people don't want to be the stick in the mud. Most people don't want to chastise their friends because oftentimes when you're in the group, you are with friends, mm. right? So they don't want to do that. I don't find that the rude behavior is is called out by people they're with. It's, it's like in a room. If you say, oh, does anybody have a question? You have 100 people in the room. Nobody will ask a question. Mm. And the same thing, nobody wants to stick their head up and get it chopped off. So maybe they're not, uh, th they don't speak out because the person who was rude is such a nasty schmo that they're going to embarrass them. So they don't mm. do it. They step back. Now, they will probably go home and over dinner talk about how rude Mr. or Mrs. So-and-so was, but they were not strong enough in terms of their own sense of self and their confidence to call them out when the rudeness happens. And mm. We see it all the time. I, 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 I'm, I'm the same way. I hate to say it. I see people, you know, when my wife and I go out to dinner, and they're rude to staff. I was doing a wedding the other day. I'm Reverend Greg. I marry a lot. I officiate a lot of weddings. And the woman I was dealing with was really nasty to the staff. And I sit back and say, oh, you know, there really wasn't that big a problem. 
You don't call them out and say, you know, that was just an awful, crappy thing you just did. So I'm at, I'm at full too. Nobody yeah, wants yeah, to it's, stick it's, their head about it. No, no, we don't. So then I'm interested about tactics of dealing with the rude and purging the rude. You mentioned, it's interesting reading the article talking about trying to steer people away from being rude. Uh, really interested into kind of what you've used and how you've found you've been able to just nudge people maybe away from it. Well, first of all, most of the time, if you're in a club environment like ours and you know people, you mm. know who those rude people are. So the first thing you do is you let your team know, look, so-and-so is very abrupt. That's a form of rudeness, right? They're mm -hmm. abrupt. Give me this. Give me that. They don't say please. They don't say thank you. When you alert them to that, it helps because, oh, Ed's, Ed's being abrupt with me. Look, he's abrupt with everybody. So one of the ways that you prepare mm. people is you let them know who those personality types are. Secondly, uh, you, you can say, this person is not from this community, right? They're a, a guest from the United States or whatever. They might not know the norms of the community. So that's one thing. But when it comes to behavior, the key thing I've always said about avoiding rude behavior toward you is that they know who you are. You are not just a servant. Mm. You're not just a golf pro. You're not just, you're not just a, the manager. You are Ed. You are Joe. You are Greg. People tend not to be as rude to people they know and like. Mm. And one of the things is, how do you develop the like factor in people? And the key to me is, one, you hire people who naturally like people, but they have to understand that, what is it, that sugar attracts more flies than vinegar, I think, or something mm. like that. If you want bad behavior toward you, be an unlikable person or a person who's too neutral. Mm. So I always tell people, that's why I always say, you've got to go to those people who you have identified as rude and know are rude and go out of your way to be consciously nice to them. It's very difficult for people to do that. So you ask yourself, how can I avoid that with the group thing? The repartee is one thing. Mm. Somebody says, oh, Greg, those glasses were popular back in 1944. And you say, absolutely. That's why I got such a deal when I bought them. You know, and everybody laughs. See, all of a sudden you take it and mm. you spin what they've said you know, in another direction. Uh, now, sometimes uh, it's not the sort of thing you can spin. I understand that. But the key is how you respond to the rudeness, right? So is with a joke, or they say, can you give me this? Happy to do it, thank you for the order, right? When somebody doesn't give you, you see, you, you, you become the example mm. that other people should follow. Now understand, society has tried to insulate each of us from the rudeness which is inherent in the human condition, and we do that with manners. Right mm. Now, in a day and age when manners are less important than they once were, it's a problem. You know, the English, as you know, have always been a manners-driven, or historically, manners-driven people. They may dislike you, they may hate the shoes you're wearing, but they will be neutral. What manners are designed to do is create a neutral experience to avoid the rudeness. Please and thank you. It's a basic, oh, please, could you do this for me? Oh, thank you for helping. And I might think Ed is the most worthless prunehead in the world. But those statements are that. So one of the things that you teach your staff is manners, 
right? And they're a basic one. Please and thank you. Look them in the eye when you're talking to them. Nod your head. Be attentive, right? There are certain things that are manners. Manners are dress in a way appropriate for the community you're in. By way of example, like at the beach club. You know, I would wear a tie and no jacket or a jacket and no tie. Casual formal is what I was trying to convey. So mm. it worked with the environment. But if I wore a three-piece suit, as one of the managers down the street who didn't last that long actually did, right, it's not right for that environment. You are inviting the nasty, snide, rude comment. So one of the things you must do is prepare for the environment you're in so that you don't give people a target. Now, my wife is brilliant at this with me because, Ed, I'll be candid with you. I probably go around with ketchup on my shirt <laughs> and, and, and spaghetti on my pants, and I wouldn't care. She says, you know, Greg, you can't do that. You know, if you're on stage and there are 300 people and you're speaking, what will some of them notice? They will notice something that truly is wrong, and then they'll bring it up and say, oh, Greg, I thought I'd mentioned to you that you got spaghetti hanging off your jacket, right? Now, is it rude to say that? Most of the time when people say that, they'll say it sarcastically, right? Mm. Now, if somebody comes, like my wife can say, Greg, you know, just there's spaghetti on you. Clean it off. She does it in a way that is not rude. Whereas, so you want to make sure that you are not a target. That's one of the things. If I go into the pro shop, and golf is your game, right, Ed? Am mm -hmm. I wrong when I say yep. golf is your game? There's a certain look. If you're at the Bel Air Country Club here in Los Angeles, there is a look. They do not allow shorts to be worn on the course, period, right? Also, so it would be you are setting yourself up a target if you arrive there with shorts and a uncollared shirt, right? Hmm. Dude! And what they will do, this is a, a, that is a community of men golfers. I love Bel Air, just so you know. I love it. But they collectively will let you know that you're dressed wrong by being rude to you, right? And they'll think it's, it's instead of saying, you know, I hate to tell you that you can't go out here with shorts on, they'll say, oh, great shorts. I guess you haven't read the rules lately. Right, you see what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. You, you try to avoid Pack of the hyenas. So the key thing is to put yourself, now, when, and, and to anticipate situations. What rudeness might come up when somebody's ordering drinks? their abruptness or whatever. So you know it, you leather up in advance. This is the key. You know it might be coming. You know they've been drinking for three hours. You know it and you come out, boom, right? So that you're insulated and you know, you, you, you again, you envision the scenario so that you can prepare the response in advance. It's like, hey, you, over here, waiter, garçon. You know how these stupid people <laughs> are? They're drunk, garçon. It's like, oh, great to see you. You speak French. It's great to know that, you know, or whatever it might be. But you know that it's coming. Your job is to leather up. Now, the key thing is we need to purge the demons. You do not want to go home at night and take all that rudeness home with you. Because in the course of a day, you'll have, say, five rude encounters. And then the subtle ones, very rarely is it a, an abrupt one. Right, but subtle rudeness. Oh, you know, uh, they kept talking to somebody when I stood there and was going to talk to them and didn't even look at me. That's rudeness. So how do you purge the demons before you get home? Because your kids don't want to see you in a foul mood. Your spouse doesn't want to. So the key thing for me is at the end of each day, 
you have the debrief. And question of the day, story of the day, uh, that's a big thing. So the stories of the day, Ed, 95% of the time are about rude behavior. Oh, the bridge players did this. Or the guy drove into the parking lot and did this. The non-member did this, right? They have. And then what you do is you write them down. They become, mm -hmm. just write them down. Because other people will encounter that. Now, the learning experience comes when that's the purging experience. Mm -hmm. And everybody, usually, if they're rude to you, Ed, I laugh about it. We've all seen those cartoons where the guy gets falls off a cliff or whatever, and we laugh. Mm. Right? So that laughter helps purge it even. Then the next day, I always take these pieces of paper, and I throw them in what I call the ponder boxes. And they might be the question of the day, story of the day. And so you reach in. And you pull out one, and maybe it's an incident that was rude. Um, Mrs. So-and-so ordered Vichy Soir and uh, was nasty because she said it should have been hot, and of course it's cold, right? So, you know, and everybody laughs about it, but how would you, and then you go up, this was the situation, how would you handle it? Now, obviously, written on the back is the answer to the situation. You understand? Mm -hmm. So then they say, oh, we should do this, and then you talk about it. That prepares them for what's coming down the road. It cannot be, oh, I gave them a two-hour workshop on rude. <laughs> Dude, that tells you what you've got to do each and every day. And all of a sudden, after, try it. And after a year's time, you've probably gone through all the rude encounters that you'll probably ever encounter. And then you just keep going over them. You can laugh about it. One thing that I like to do, uh, we like to do, um, you know, uh, I take my iPhone 6, right? And we do videos, right? We train mm -hmm. by videos. You know, a 60-second, 90-second video. They're really easy. You can put them on uh, YouTube or whatever it might be. So you've got a stockpile of them. And take a couple of your staff. And here you are. I've got Joe Blow over here with a camera. And I'm over here doing the interview. And here you are. It's like, uh, okay, Joe, I want you to say something rude to me right now. And so you look at me and say, oh, you're the ugliest piece of 70-plus-year-old equipment I've ever seen. Right? And that becomes... And then you look, how would you handle that, right? So the mm. scenarios are important to envision and to see how they do it. So you have the written question and you discuss. Then you do a video. And, and believe me, these are funny. Like actually mm. in my article, I gave a whole series of, what was it? Uh, categorizing the rude, that section of yeah. it. You, know, yeah. you could do, and I talk about uh, making funny skits out of distressingly rude people and it becomes fun it's a mm. learning experience so that's what i would say right off the bat you know it's like what fun <laughs> right <laughs> and so and those are learning things because if you think people are going to stop being rude in a world where manners are not taught the way they once were you mm. are a fool right because the minute you expect something and you don't meet it you're unhappy right mm. But if I expect yeah. people to be rude, subtly and obviously rude, okay, I'm not as distressed by it. So that's a big, big, big thing. Nobody's going to change what you're going to do. And now the key thing for your staff when you're the leader is that you must, by your example, give them the behaviors that they should themselves express to contain their own rudeness. We all want to be rude. I mean, right, we mm. all want to be sarcastic. We, it's in the human condition. But what are values? Values are ideas that constrain impulse and direct mm -hmm. action. 
Rude people have no values that constrain the impulse. As a leader, my job is to give value. You must always say please and thank you, right? You must. I, as, that's one of the things that we require. So, boom. You must say hello and look somebody in the eye when you greet them. Hello, how are you? Ed? Good to see you today. There are basic manners that we as management must train, and we therefore become the example that others can follow when dealing with rude people. Very important. Because one of the mm. things that happens is this, is they could be rude to you, the supervisor, right, or the, the manager, whatever it is. Other people will see it, and when they're having lunch together, they'll talk about that situation, right? That is where their schooling really takes place. When they're sitting together, they're saying, oh, Greg, I, let me tell you a story about what he did today to Joe Schmo, who we all know is a Schmo. He blew up at him. And if I blow up at him, they say, well, you know, if he does, I guess I can every now and then. We must become the example that we want. We must be the advertisement for what we're selling which is constraining our own rude behavior and responding to others' rude behavior. Good issue. Good, good, mm. good. Fun stuff. It, it is. I really like the idea of the how the, the values of yourself or the club help to then constrain and guide your behavior. I think that's such a, such a key part of being able to yeah, guide your decisions in those moments. But I love it when uh, it's, it's uh, oh, what is the group? Uh, my mind went blank. Like anyway, the hotel says the we are ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen. Mm. What that means, ladies and gentlemen have manners. Yeah. So therefore, the manners are one of the manners is somebody asks you where the bathroom is, you take them to the bathroom. You don't just point it out. Those are manners. But that's what when they talk about ladies and gentlemen, the, what they're saying, ladies mm. and gentlemen have manners, which avoid rudeness. Now underneath the manners. You may want to be as rude as you can possibly be. You may want to shoot them and shout at them and call them names. You're going to lose your job if you do. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be gone. You don't have to worry about rude anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's true. How do you find COVID's changed all of this? It's obviously been, what, three years and a whole change in society. And Well, Ed, this is an interesting point. Now, I, I, I have contacts and travel around the world, and so I ask managers all the time, are members actually nicer now that they've gone through COVID? You're in the hospitality business. During a difficult time with COVID, they've gone out of their way to give you service and support and comfort, you know, a place that you can go, a community of caring. God, that's such a wonderful thing. People must be really wonderful. And Managers and their staff have told me to a person that per people are more rude now than they were before COVID. And I've yet to figure out exactly why that is, but it is a reality that seems to be universal, right? And, and hopefully it'll come back. But once you know that, you've got to prepare yourself for a more rude environment than we had before you know, in dealing with that. So I'm not really sure why that is. You know, maybe it's because they were locked down for a while. Maybe it's because um, you know, they have a sense of victimhood. Maybe that's it. Maybe they think they're victims. Mm. And when you're a victim, it's like the world owes me something. And I come from a generation, the world owes me nothing. And whenever somebody is nice to me, wow, right, you give them the love, you give them the warm embrace. You see what I mean? Mm. So uh, anyway, I think that's a universal right now, Ed. 
Yeah, it does seem to be. I think maybe there with with all the so many governments stopping you being able to do what you want to do, that having so much control exerted over you, would you have normally, you know, if you're, in, if you're in the club and there's some rules in the club that you don't like, you have some ability to go to the captain, the general manager to try and change it. But when it's the government saying you can't do this, you can't do that, you suddenly, you know, you feel like, yeah, like you have no control. levels have gone down. A number yes. of things that have happened. So it's like if I have a problem with my telephone, talking to a human being is very difficult, mm, right? Yes. So that by the time you get to the human being, you're pissed off. You're <laughs> yes. ready to be rude. You're, it is built in a rude situation. The other thing is during the lockdown and during the, 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 the whole issue coming with COVID, people were not releasing the tensions that built up. Maybe mm. they're living at home and they've got five kids and they're driving them crazy. I understand that, right? I'm very physically all right. During the lockdown here in Los Angeles, it was wonderful. You know, first of all, the weather's good. But mm. I could get on my bicycle. I'm very big on bicycling. And go up and down Wilshire Boulevard out here, which is usually a really busy four-lane street, and there's nobody on it. <laughs> so the physical, the act of doing something physical, getting a sweat up, releasing the tension was good and you become much more empathetic. The other thing is looking at yourself and saying, okay, my behavior must encourage cordiality so that I get cordiality back. But if all of a sudden people, they maybe forget because they've not been in group settings as much, mm -hmm. maybe they forget that being empathetic is important because if you're the most important person in the world because there ain't nobody else in your home, say you're living alone, and you can't go anywhere. I'm the most important person in the world. I am not empathetic to you and your wishes, wants, and needs. Maybe that has something to do with it. I'm hoping that it reverses itself. Mm. Now, uh, uh, golf courses, at least here in the States and most places I've seen, have, have been booming during COVID mm. because they could all be outdoors. They're with people. You're exercising. You're doing stuff. Whereas indoors, you're not. So... Maybe it's when they finally get indoors again, they forgot what it was like to be gracious, to mm. be civil, to have manners. I don't know. Maybe people have short-term memories. But our job is to help educate. We first of all must educate ourselves. Then we must educate our staff. Then we must understand others' behavior and then how to respond to the behavior when we observe it. Now, mm. uh, people are rude sometimes. Say something goes wrong. Say on the golf course, you know, uh, the carts aren't available. Somebody is rude to you because uh, the rain. We can't send them out because da, da, da. So then what you do is you do the gracious follow-up to the rudeness encounter, right? Write them a note, you know, on the email. email. Oh, Ed, I'm so sorry today that we had no carts for you. We understand how frustrating it, very, it must be. As soon as they become available, again, the coast, we'll make sure that I'll tell you in advance so that you see you deflate them. Mm. All of a sudden they say, you know, I was a complete turkey today, right? If you respond graciously to the rude behavior, it sometimes wakes people up, you know, God, you know, I was a real prune head today, wasn't I? So I'm very big on our staff, particularly when there's complaints. It's really a complaint format. And oftentimes rude behavior is a reflection of complaints. They don't know how to complain graciously. Mm. But whatever the complaint is, your deal... Your job is to remove the emotion and find the core issue. 
No, they couldn't use a golf cart, and they can't play because they can't walk or whatever it might be. They might. But then you it, immediately contact those people afterwards. You apologize. I'm so sorry. We don't have it. But they don't expect the email from you, mm. right, or a note if you can. Then all of a sudden they get it, and you say, God, I'm so sorry we didn't have it today and the water and the conditions, and we should have been better about publicizing the fact that we – you see what I mean? Mm. Except that, yeah, we could have done things differently, right? And I will alert you to this. Suddenly they say, God, maybe I shouldn't act that way anymore. You see what I mean? Your response may guide their behavior in the in the direction that you want. That's the key. Your response to their rudeness may guide their behavior in the future. Very yeah, I think that's yeah. Even more important now actually makes me think that yeah, if people have lost their way a little bit with COVID and become more rude, they're the people with that approach who will then be reorientated back to their norm of being maybe a bit more gracious and, and kind. And just if the ones who are always been like that their whole life, you could just, yeah, nudge them 1% it makes a difference. The, the chances are if, if you've been rude all your life, you're probably <laughs> yeah. not going to change. No. Right? no. But it's the subtle rude that's the worst. And the subtle rude mm. is with people usually who who are small people, I had to say. Mm. They often can be rude because it's the only way they can establish themselves and, because they, they lack dignity. You find, I found that the people who have the most to offer, the most money, the most experience, are the most gracious. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They've got nothing yes. to do. But go into the local McDonald's, right, and stand and watch how people order, and you'll be horrified mm. by the experience. Horrified. The rudeness that people make an order. They won't say please and thank you. They, just watch it. We ought to videotape. You know, rudeness at the counter, we'd call it. You and me, Ed, we could mm, do some research. I like that idea. Come down to the yeah. ceiling. Rudeness at the counter. And then dissect that rudeness that you've mm. experienced, that you videotaped, and say, do you want to be treated like this? I'm always impressed that the, the, the desk people in fast food operations, mm. you know, McDonald's, that type of thing, are as gracious as they are because they are treated very badly by people who've got nothing else in their lives except five U.S. dollars to buy a hamburger and, and, a, and a milkshake. Interesting. So mm. it, it, it's very interesting, fascinating. Mm. We want to create a gracious environment where we deliver gracious behavior and expect it in return. You raise the expectations of the people who are in your environment by witnessing you as the example good point mm. Ed. Mm. well greg i want to be respectful of your time that was really interesting and i recommend to oh. everybody if you have a chance read the article i mean it's Ab free yeah <laughs> absolutely no I'll, I'll put i'll put a link to the article uh, within the podcast for people to find it nice and easily and yeah i'd second the recommendation to read it it's a really interesting article and it certainly goes obviously into a few more avenues of of thought than we went into today as well so Fabulous. very well worthwhile greg pleasure as always love talking to you a real treat and i look forward to seeing you in the future live and in person uh each of us with a beer in hand <laughs> sounds good i like that <laughs> have a good one ed thank you for joining me on this journey as we dive into the world of club management i hope you enjoy listening to these conversations as much as i enjoy having them if you do enjoy and get value from them, 
I have two small requests. Simply subscribe to the show on your favourite podcast listening app and leave a review and share it directly with someone whom you think would benefit from listening. If you're interested in being a guest on this show yourself, then you can reach out to me using the details in the show notes or email me modernclubmanagement at pm.me. In the show notes, you will also find a link to my bi-weekly newsletter that complements these conversations where you can sign up to receive these directly into your inbox so that you never miss out. Thanks for tuning in and have an amazing day. This episode is brought to you by Sweda. Sweda is the social learning platform that delivers high quality blended learning with human connection. Sweda is on a mission to revolutionize the digital learning space through restoring the critical element of human engagement that has gotten lost in online learning. The technology provides everything organizations or individuals need on one single platform to achieve meaningful long-term learning success. Using these skills helped me attain a job offer as the director of golf at Golf Digest, top 100 in the world ranked course after I completed their influence and communication courses. But don't just take my word and the 97% five-star reviews it has had on Trustpilot for it. Try it yourself. All you have to do is email david at suada.com. That's S-U-A-D-A.com and quote the Modern Club Management Podcast to claim your free enrollment onto the reciprocity course to start your journey to become a more influential and persuasive communicator.